I've got an exciting announcement for all you wonderful Send Me to Sleep listeners. Our back catalogue is now publicly available and completely free. You can listen to all our episodes, even the ones that used to be premium exclusives. This includes voice-only episodes and wonderful books like The Wizard of Oz, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, Around the World in 80 Days, and so many more. So please do go back and find a brand new story to help you get a great sleep tonight. Good evening. Welcome to Send Me to Sleep, the world's sleepiest podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. I'm here to help calm your mind and send you into a peaceful night's sleep. Tonight, I'll be reading chapters 15 and 16 of Heidi by Joanna Speary. Don't forget, you can listen to hundreds of other unreleased sleep stories on Send Me to Sleep Premium. Fall asleep to stories such as Around the World in 80 Days, Sherlock Holmes, The Wizard of Oz, and all the remaining episodes of The Secret Garden. Just go to sendmetosleep.com slash premium and sign up today. Cancel any time. So, without further ado, let your eyes fall heavy and your breath soften as we settle in for a peaceful Night's sleep. Part 2 Heidi makes use of her experience. Chapter 15 Preparations for a Journey The kind doctor who had sent Heidi home to her beloved mountains was approaching the Seasman residence on a sunny day in September. Everything about him was bright and cheerful, but the doctor did not even raise his eyes from the pavement to the blue sky above. His face was sad, and his hair had turned very grey since spring. A few months ago, the doctor had lost his only daughter, who had lived with him since his wife's early death. The blooming girl had been his only joy, and since she had gone from him, the ever-cheerful doctor was bowed down with grief. When Sebastian opened the door to the physician, He bowed very low, for the doctor made friends wherever he went. I am glad you have come, doctor, Mr. Seasman called to his friend 
as he entered. Please let us talk over this trip to Switzerland again. Do you still give the same advice now that Clara is so much better? What must I think of you, Seasman? replied the doctor, sitting down. I wish your mother was here. Everything is clear to her, and things go smoothly then. This is the third time today that you have called me, and always to the same thing. It is true. It must make you impatient, said Mr. Seasman. Laying his hand on his friend's shoulder, he continued. I cannot say how hard it is for me to refuse Clara this trip. Haven't I promised it to her, and hasn't she looked forward to it for months? She has borne all her suffering so patiently. Just because she has hoped to be able to visit her little friend in the Alps. I hate to rob her of this pleasure. The poor child has so many trials and so little change. But Seasman, you must do it, was the doctor's answer. When his friend remained silent, he continued. Just think what a hard summer Clara has had. She never was more ill, and we could not attempt this journey without risking the worst consequences. Remember, we are in September now, and though the weather may still be fine on the Alp, it is sure to be very cold. The days are getting short, and she could only spend a few hours up there. If she had to return for the night, it would take several hours to have her carried up from Ragatz. You see yourself how impossible it is. I shall come in with you, though, to talk to Clara, and you'll find her sensible. I'll tell you of my plan for next May. First she can go to Ragatz to take the baths. When it gets warm on the mountain, she can be carried up from time to time. She'll be stronger then, and much more able to enjoy those excursions than she is now. If we hope for an improvement in her condition, we must be extremely cautious and careful. Remember that. Mr. Seasman, who had been listening with the utmost submission, now said anxiously, Doctor, please tell me honestly if you still have hope left for any change. With shrugging shoulders, the doctor replied, Not very much, but think of me, Seasman, 
have you not a child who loves you and always welcomes you? You don't have to come back to a lonely house and sit down alone at your table. Your child is well taken care of, and if she has many privations, she also has many advantages. Seasman, you do not need to be pitied. Just think of my lonely home. Mr. Seasman had got up and was walking round the room, as he always did when something occupied his thoughts. Suddenly, he stood before his friend and said, Doctor, I have an idea. I cannot see you sad any longer. You must get away. You shall undertake this trip and visit Heidi in our stead. The doctor had been surprised by this proposal and tried to object. But Mr. Seasman was so full of his new project that he pulled his friend with him into his daughter's room, not leaving him time for any remonstrances. Clara loved the doctor, who had always tried to cheer her up on his visits by bright and funny tales. She was sorry for the change that had come over him, and would have given much to see him happy again. When he had shaken hands with her, both men pulled up their chairs to Clara's bedside. Mr. Seasman began to speak of their journey, and how sorry he was to give it up. Then he quickly began to talk of his new plan. Clara's eyes had filled with tears but she knew that her father did not like to see her cry, and besides, she was sure that her papa only forbid her this pleasure because it was absolutely necessary to do so. So she bravely fought her tears, and caressing the doctor's hand, said, Oh, please, doctor, do go to Heidi, then you can tell me all about her, and can describe her grandfather to me, and Peter, with his goats. I seem to know them all so well. Then you can take all the things to her that I had planned to take myself. Oh, please, doctor, go and then I'll be good, and take as much cod liver oil as ever you want me to. Who can tell if this promise decided to the doctor? At any rate, he answered with a smile, Then I surely must go, Clara, for you will get fat and strong, as we both want to see you. Have you settled yet when I must go? Oh, 
You had better go tomorrow morning, Doctor, Clara urged. She is right, the father assented. The sun is shining, and you must not lose any more glorious days on the Alp. The doctor had to laugh. Why don't you chide me for being here still? I shall go as quickly as I can, Seasman. Clara gave many messages to him from Heidi. She also told him to be sure to observe everything closely, so that he would be able to tell her all about it when he came back. The things for Heidi were to be sent to him later for Miss Rottenmere, who had to pack them, was out on one of her lengthy wanderings about town. The doctor promised to comply with all of Clara's wishes and to start the following day. Clara rang for the maid and said to her, when she arrived, Please, Tinette, pack a lot of fresh, soft coffee cake in this box. A box had been ready for this purpose many days. When the maid was leaving the room, she murmured, That's a silly bother. Sebastian, who had happened to overhear some remarks, asked the physician when he was leaving to take his regards to the little miss, as he called Heidi. With a promise to deliver this message, the doctor was just hastening out when he encountered an obstacle. Miss Rottenmere who had been obliged to return from her walk on account of the strong wind, was just coming in. She wore a large cape, which the wind was blowing about her like two full sails. Both had retreated politely to give way to each other. Suddenly, the wind seemed to carry the housekeeper straight towards the doctor, who had barely time to avoid her. This little incident, which had ruffled Miss Rottenmere's temper very much, gave the doctor occasion to soothe her, as she liked to be soothed by this man, whom she respected more than anybody in the world. Telling her of his intended visit, he entreated her to pack the things for Heidi, as only she knew how. Clara had expected some resistance from Miss Rottenmere about the packing of her presents. What was her surprise? when this lady showed herself most obliging, and immediately, on being told, brought together all the articles. First came a heavy coat for Heidi, with a hood, 
which Clara meant her to use on visits to the grandmother in the winter. Then came a thick, warm shawl and a large box with coffee cake for the grandmother. An enormous sausage for Peter's mother followed, and a little sack of tobacco for the grandfather. At last, a lot of mysterious little parcels and boxes were packed, things that Clara had gathered together for Heidi. When the tidy pack lay ready on the ground, Clara's heart filled with pleasure at the thought of her little friend's delight. Sebastian now entered, and putting the pack on his shoulder, carried it to the doctor's house without delay. Chapter 16 A Guest on the Alp The early dawn was tinging the mountains, and a fresh morning breeze rocked the old fir trees to and fro. Heidi opened her eyes, for the rustling of the wind had awakened her. These sounds always thrilled her heart, and now they drew her out of bed. Rising hurriedly, she soon was neatly dressed and combed. Coming down the little ladder, and finding the grandfather's bed empty, she ran outside. The old man was looking up at the sky to see what the weather was going to be like that day. Rosy clouds were passing overhead, but gradually the sky grew more blue and deep, and soon a golden light passed over the heights, for the sun was rising in all his glory. Oh, how lovely! Good morning, Grandfather, Heidi exclaimed. Are your eyes bright already? the Grandfather retorted, holding out his hand. Heidi then ran over to her beloved fir trees and danced about while the wind was howling in the branches. After the old man had washed and milked the goats, he brought them out of the shed. When Heidi saw her friends again, she caressed them tenderly, and they in turn nearly crushed her between them. Sometimes when Barley got too wild, Heidi would say, But Barley, you push me like the big Turk, and that was enough to quiet the goat. Soon Peter arrived with the whole herd, the jolly thistle finch ahead of all the others. Heidi, being soon in the midst of them, was pushed about them. Peter was anxious to say a word to the little girl, so he gave a shrill whistle 
urging the goats to climb ahead. When he was near her, he said reproachfully, You really might come with me today. No, I can't, Peter, said Heidi. They might come from Frankfurt any time. I must be home when they come. How often you have said that, grumbled the boy. But I mean it, replied Heidi. Do you think I want to be away when they come from Frankfurt? Do you really think that, Peter? They could come to uncle, Peter growled. Then the grandfather's strong voice was heard. Why doesn't the army go forward? Is it the field marshal's fault or the fault of the troop? Peter immediately turned about and led his goats up the mountain without more ado. Since Heidi had come home again to her grandfather, she did many things that had never occurred to her before. For instance, she would make her bed every morning and run about the hut, tidying and dusting. With an old rag, she would rub the chairs and table till they all shone and the grandfather would exclaim, It is always Sunday with us now. Heidi has not been away in vain. On this day after breakfast, when Heidi began her self-imposed task, it took her longer than usual, for the weather was too glorious to stay within. Over and over again, a bright sunbeam would tempt the busy child outside. How could she stay indoors when the glistening sunshine was pouring down and all the mountains seemed to glow? She had to sit down on the dry, hard ground and look down into the valley and all about her. Then. Suddenly remembering her little duties, she would hasten back. It was not long, though, till the roaring fir trees tempted her again. The grandfather had been busy in his little shop, merely glancing over at the child from time to time. Suddenly he heard her call. Oh, Grandfather, come. He was frightened and came out quickly. He saw her running down the hill, crying, They are coming, they are coming. Oh, the doctor is coming first. When Heidi at last reached her old friend, he held out his hand which Heidi immediately seized. In the full joy of her heart, she exclaimed, How do you do, Doctor? And I thank you a thousand times. 
how are you, Heidi? But what are you thanking me for already? The doctor asked with a smile. Because you let me come home again, the child explained. The gentleman's face lit up like sunshine. He had certainly not counted on such a reception on the Alp. On the contrary, not even noticing all the beauty around him, he had climbed up sadly, for he was sure that Heidi probably would not know him any more. He thought that he would be far from welcome, being obliged to cause her a great disappointment. Instead, he beheld Heidi's bright eyes looking up at him in gratefulness and love. She was still holding his arm when he said, Come now, Heidi, and take me to your grandfather, for I want to see where you live. Like a kind father he had taken her hand, but Heidi stood still and looked down the mountainside. But where are Clara and Grandmama? she asked. Child, I must tell you something now which will grieve you as much as it grieves me, replied the doctor. I had to come alone, for Clara has been very ill and could not travel. Of course, Grandmama has not come either but the spring will soon be here, and when the days get long and warm, they will surely visit you. Heidi was perfectly amazed. She could not understand how all those things that she had pictured to herself so clearly would not happen after all. She was standing perfectly motionless, confused by the blow. It was some time before Heidi remembered that, after all, she had come down to meet the doctor. Looking up at her friend, she was struck by his sad and cheerless face. How changed he was since she had seen him. She did not like to see people unhappy, least of all the good, kind doctor. He must be sad because Clara and Grandmama had not come, and to console him, she said, Oh, it won't last long till spring comes again, then they will come for sure. They'll be able to stay much longer then, and that will please Clara. Now we'll go to Grandfather. Hand in hand, she climbed up with her old friend. All the way she tried to cheer him up by telling him again and again of the coming of the summer days. After they had reached the cottage, she called out to her grandfather quite happily. They are not here yet, 
but it won't be very long before they are coming. The grandfather warmly welcomed his guest, who did not seem at all a stranger, for had Heidi not told him many things about the doctor. They all three sat down on the bench before the door, and the doctor told of the object of his visit. He whispered to the child that something was coming up the mountain very soon, which would bring her more pleasure than his visit. What could it be? The uncle advised the doctor to spend the splendid days of autumn on the Alp, if possible, and to take a little room in the village instead of in regats. Then he could easily walk up every day to the hut, and from there the uncle could take him all around the mountains. This plan was accepted. The sun was in its zenith, and the wind had ceased. Only a soft, delicious breeze fanned the cheeks of all. The uncle now got up and went into the hut, returning soon with a table and their dinner. Go in, Heidi, and set the table here. I hope you will excuse our simple meal, he said, turning to his guest. I shall gladly accept this delightful invitation. I'm sure that dinner will taste good up here, said the guest, looking down over the sun-bathed valley. Heidi was running to and fro, for it gave her great joy to be able to wait on her kind protector. Soon the uncle appeared with the steaming milk, the toasted cheese, and the finely sliced, rosy meat that had been dried in the pure air. The doctor enjoyed his dinner better than any he had ever tasted. Yes, we must send Clara up here. How she could gather strength, he said. If she would have an appetite like mine today, she couldn't help getting nice and fat. At this moment, a man could be seen walking up with a large sack on his shoulders. Arriving on top, he threw down his load, breathing in the pure, fresh air. Opening the cover, the doctor said, This has come from Frankfurt, Heidi. Come and look what it is. Heidi timidly watched the heap, and only when the gentleman opened the box with the cakes for the grandmother, she said joyfully, Oh, now grandmother can eat this lovely cake. She was taking the box and the beautiful shawl on her arm 
and was going to race down to deliver the gifts, when the men persuaded her to stay and unpack the rest. What was her delight at finding the tobacco and all the other things? The men had been talking together when the child suddenly planted herself in front of them and said, These things have not given me as much pleasure as the dear doctor's coming. Both men smiled. When it was near sunset, the doctor rose to start on his way down. The grandfather, carrying the box, the shawl and the sausage, and the guest holding the little girl by the hand, they wandered down the mountainside. When they reached Peter's hut, Heidi was told to go inside and wait for her grandfather there. At parting, she asked, Would you like to come with me up to the pasture tomorrow, Doctor? With pleasure. Goodbye, Heidi, was the reply. The grandfather had deposited all the presents before the door, and it took Heidi long to carry the huge box and the sausage. The shawl she put on the grandmother's knee. Brigida had silently watched the proceedings and could not open her eyes wide enough when she saw the enormous sausage. Never in her life had she seen the like, and now she really possessed it and could cut it herself. Oh, Grandmother, don't the cakes please you awfully? Just look how soft they are, the child exclaimed. What was her amazement when she saw the grandmother more pleased with the shawl which would keep her warm in winter? Grandmother, Clara has sent you that, Heidi said. Oh, what kind, good people they are. To think of a poor old woman like me. I never thought I should ever own such a splendid wrap. At this moment, Peter came stumbling in. The uncle is coming up behind me, and Heidi must. That was as far as he got, for his eyes had fastened on the sausage. Heidi, however, had already said goodbye, for she knew what he had meant. Though her uncle never went by the hut any more without stepping in, she knew it was too late today. Heidi, come, you must get your sleep, he called through the open door. Bidding them all good night, he took Heidi by the hand, and under the glistening stars, they wandered home to their peaceful cottage. <laughs>